Now hear the word that is the light. I'll be reading from Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Now hear further. Psalm 55. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, that I would fly away and be at rest. But here now. But I call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will utter my complaint and I will moan, and he will hear my voice. He will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. And finally, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. This morning we were going to talk a little bit about fear. Where is God when I'm afraid? And you know, there's a lot to be scared of. I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. There's things to be scared of out there. Not just spiders, although I would tell you to stay away from them. They'll, they're awful creatures. But, you know, so there's all those fears that we have that some people would call irrational. Fear of heights and fear of those fear of flying, fear of clowns, all of those kinds of things. But, then, but there's real things to be scared of out there. Um, you know, many of in our congregation have had to deal with the fear of what the doctor is going to say or what the doctor has said and all that it means. Those, uh, those appointments can really be quite frightening. And, you know, it's the waiting, right? It's the waiting that really just seems to stir up the fear. You just have time to sit there and remunerate on all the possibilities and the waiting of what, what is the doctor going to do? What is the doctor going to say? And, and um, you know, it just instills that, that fear in us. A lot of us have had to deal with the very real fear of losing someone we love and and all of that means, even, even when it's expected or after long life, you get scared. I know my father, is, who my mother died about a year ago, and my father has been, you know, he was very frightened of what that meant for him now. What, how was he going to live without my mom after 60 plus years of being together? And another thing that my parents are afraid of, they were just afraid to die. I, a year ago, I watched my mother come to her last days, and I could just tell she was just scared. She was scared to die. I've, I've sat with a lot of people in their last hours, and, and many people, and I've got to say, particularly people of faith, often don't have those fears in their last hours. But my mother was not one of them. She was scared. She was very scared to die. And I, I got to tell you, if someone told me I was dying tomorrow, that would freak me out quite a bit, I got to say. Uh, and many of us, uh, many of us here, have, uh, we get scared about things in the world, things that feel out of our control, nuclear war and 
the idiotic things politicians say, climate change, economic collapse. Uh, I got to tell you right now, I'm nervous. I'm scared about what whether I'm going to have health insurance come next year because, uh, you know, all of that's so uncertain. And I, I'm someone who buys my health insurance as a single person, uh, you know, on my own out there in the world. And uh, that gets frightening when that gets messed around with because I ain't getting younger. <laughs> you know, I need that health insurance. Some of us get gripped with fear over our life decisions. What am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go? How am I going to... You know, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to, who, who am I going to spend my life with? Some of those things can be very immobilizing and, and fearful. I remember when I finished seminary, I started applying for work at different churches. And there were two churches that were, were eager to have me uh, be a part of their, the search process there. And I had to decide... Between this uh, little, between pastoring this church on my own in Spokane, or going to Seattle or near Seattle, Kent, and be a youth pastor, and I I wrestled with that, and I was so f- gripped with anxiety, I started breaking out in hives trying to make this decision. I had this physical manifestation of my fear in this these itchy hives all over myself. Uh, whenever I have to make those kinds of decisions. I haven't had it that bad since, but, but making those kinds of decisions can stir up all that fear. What if I choose wrongly? What if I choose the wrong thing? What if I get myself in trouble? So today we, we ask the question, where is God in those moments of our deepest fear? All of those things that just grip us and, and, and immobilize us in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I gotta say, the short answer that really would get us out of here quickly is that God is right here the whole time. God is right here. You know, somehow we've gotten, and it probably comes from childhood, it comes with how Bible stories are shared with us and how Bible stories are given to us in a way that make them sound like children's stories, but they're really not children's stories and, and things like that. But somehow we've gotten the notion that God is like out there. And every once in a while, God comes close, but for the most part, God is way out there. And we've got to, you know, we've got to draw God back in close to us in order for God to really make a big difference. But that just, that just is not the God we worship. That is not the God that we see playing out in Jesus's life. That's not the God that we experience, if you really think about it. Paul describes God as the, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Right? And Marcus Borg, when he talks about this, talks about a fish being in the water and how the fish may not you know, be necessarily aware of the water, but the water is just all around the fish. And God is kind of like that. God is right here with us. The one in whom we live and move and have our being. The God, God is here between you and me, and God is in here within us. Jesus went to great pains to describe. And the Holy Spirit uh, testifies to within us. Whenever we sing those good songs, we hear a song like, I am not alone. I can feel that 
Holy Spirit kind of well up inside of me. I get a little teary-eyed and all of that. God is, God is not far. God is near. Right here with us. Coming alongside. And furthermore, even, even beyond that, we have, a, we have a God whom we are told understands our fear and understands what it is to live in this human condition. You know, one of the central images of our Christian faith, one of the, the main things is this idea of Jesus being God made flesh. Amen? You've heard of this, right? <laughs> Jesus as God made flesh. It's called the incarnation in, in church talk, right? The incarnation, that is, that all the fullness of God we can see in the person Jesus Christ. And what I love about this, this image, this picture that we are given of, uh, of what Jesus represents for us is it offers us a God who has become one of us and experiences all the pain, all the suffering of humanity, experiencing the fear and all of that. And if you don't think Jesus was scared, read about in the Gospels of the Garden in Gethsemane when Jesus falls to his knees as if he's almost weary, you know, filled with anxiety almost to death and, and sweats drops of blood because he's so f- gripped with fear. And then hands that over to God. I will say that in that same, on the same token, God also in Christ, uh, we're given the image of God experiencing the joy and the happiness and the love of, of living out our humanity. Jesus, Jesus had friends and loved ones and family. And Jesus also had difficulties and pain and suffering. We worship a God who knows what it is we are going through. And goes through it with us. Feels those anxieties well up. Feels our fear and our, and our trepidation. Knows what it is when we are so gripped with sorrow and, and despair that we don't know how to move. God says, I, I feel that. I know how you're feeling. I want to show you way out of it i want to be here with you while you experience it and experience alongside you god weeps when we weep god laughs when we laugh and is happy to do so it's the kind of relationship god has invited us into through jesus through jesus christ in the psalm, I asked uh, Lynn to read. I asked Lynn to read because she got into the spirit of things and is all dressed up. I thought that was great. Uh, we, uh, you know, the rest of, you, the rest of us should have gotten all dressed up. It's not just for the kids, right? <laughs> but Lynn uh, read this psalm of David. And Saul, uh, you know, David was gripped with fear many times. And the psalms, if you want to see how David deals with fear, go ahead and read the psalms. But David says, my heart is in anguish within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. He doesn't sound like he's having a great day. David does. But later on, he gets into this. I call upon God and the Lord will save me evening and morning and at noon. I utter my complaint and moan. 
David doesn't hesitate. He says, I, you know, I'm going to let God know what's going on. And, and he complains and he moans. I, I do these things and uh, God will cast. And then he entreats us, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So David here has this, this formula in his own mind of how do I deal with fear and sorrow and terror and all of these things, and he hands it over to God. So how do we, what do we do? How do we deal with, uh, how do we hand this fear that we find ourselves gripped with uh, and hand it over to God? Easily said, right, Pastor Curtis? Easy thing to say. It's a whole other thing to, to do that. It's like when Jesus says, don't worry. Easy for Jesus to say. But uh, how do we hand these things over and let God deal with our fear? The first, thing is I, uh, the first thing I would say is it's okay to be afraid. Don't pretend like it's a sin to be afraid or that we're doing something wrong. It's okay to be afraid. Like I said earlier, Jesus got scared in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and I and I think the, what's problematic about fear is when we kind of just sit there and we let that fear keep us from moving and we find ourselves immobilized by fear. But it's okay to be afraid. In fact, it's an inborn uh, Im- something that's a part of being human is to be afraid, and that and it serves a purpose. Sometimes you need to be afraid, right? right? Like if. Uh, if you've never driven a car, jumping in the, a Maserati and taking off down the road, you ought to be afraid of that. Don't do that, <laughs> right? And, and say you're afraid. You know, if you're like me, sometimes you try to hide it. Oh, no, 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 no I'm fine. <laughs> no, no, that didn't bother me. No, that's fine. No, no, I'm okay. You know, we try to act like it's not there. Go ahead and say you're afraid. Say it to God. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says this. Don't worry about anything. Again, real easy to say. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Tell God you're afraid. Let God know. One of the one of the, the biggest disservices we do to ourselves and to God is when we, we kind of try to hide things from God. And we just don't, we don't have that hard conversation with God. We don't let God know how we're really feeling. God can handle your fear, your anger, whatever is going on. So tell God. Tell your loved ones. And this is, this is an important, this, one's, this is another one Jane ought to hear, right? <laughs> tell your loved ones when something's going on. I'll, I'll tell you this. This is my own confession. Uh, many of you know a couple years ago I had cancer. I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And they, it was a small thing. They took care of it. it. It got taken care of. But there was a long time I was so concerned about everyone else being concerned about me that I, you know, that I was real cautious about how I talked about it. I was like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll be okay. It's no big deal. No worry. But, you know, and there were a lot of times, I really wasn't all that scared about it for the most part, but there were times when I was scared. And I needed to tell Katie that. She, uh, and, and I was being brave. I was spending a lot of time being brave when I should let her know when I'm, when I'm scared. And I'll tell you this, there's another thing, and you guys experience this too. Afterward, I get more scared now when I go to the doctor. I get, I get gripped with a little bit of fear every follow-up appointment because I know 
it's a real thing now, right? It was all theoretical before. Now it's a real thing. And at any, any moment, someone could come and say, oh, well, it's come back, right? So that's when I, I'm a lot more scared now than I was during the actual kind of thing. So that's a, so if you hear me say I have an appointment coming up, you can say, oh, well, I'll pray for your fear, Pastor Curtis, because I know you're scared. So, you know, we need to share our fears with our loved ones. Because, you know, we're, we're in this together. You're not alone. And you're not going to... It's, it's okay to share those fears and share your load. You pray for me, I'll pray for you, and we'll get through this stuff together. And say it to me. I'm here to pray. I'll pray with you. Anytime. Anytime you want. I won't get in your business. I'll just pray with you. Here's another thing. Here's another... I have a little saying that goes like this. Don't do something. Stand there. Right, which is kind of the opposite. Sometimes we need to just pause and and stop freaking out, stop trying to fix it, and wait on the Lord. And I know patience, patience is one of the hardest things to teach, to learn, to exercise, to practice, and yet it's one of those things that gets thrown at us every time. Every time, God says, "I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to have to relax and wait and learn to lean on me." And, and so, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is nothing <laughs> and just sit back and wait for a little bit and give yourself some space, give yourself some time before you don't react, but wait until you ha- know how to take action and how to act. Uh, and, and here's, a, here's a Psalm 27 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage Wait for the Lord. Waiting for the Lord is a sign of your strength. Being able to put that off. And here's a dumb thing I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Try not to worry. <laughs> Corey Timboom said this, uh, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And, I, and it's so true. We all know worrying doesn't help anything. In fact, it just makes it worse. And yet it's so hard to turn off. Here's a couple of tips that I got off the internet. <laughs> uh, one is get off the computer. Irony, right there. Get off the computer. The, wor- uh, the worst thing to do is start Googling everything and trying to figure everything out. I mean, it just piles, piles the worry and the stress on and you, you find yourself dwelling on it. And just give yourself a break from all of the information you get out there. That's, that'll help you stop worrying. Make time for meditation, for centering prayer, for journaling, or how, whatever your prayer practice is. You know, whether it, some kind of meditative, go to a place where you can be with God and get away from this world and kind of be there. And if you don't know what, if you don't have a prayer practice like that, come talk to me. I'll help you, I'll help you develop one. Um, the other thing is maybe get up, go for a walk, get that get the blood moving, get your mind working on something else. Those are just a couple of things out there that says don't worry. I know it's easier said than done, but try not to worry. Do your best to not do that. Also recognize this. Nothing is permanent. Everything is always moving. What is true today may not be true tomorrow. What, what is, seems like darkness today, tomorrow will get out into the light. Uh, here's another, here's a little part of uh, Mary's song from Luke 1. It says, it, or no, it's not Mary's song, it's uh, that other guy. 
uh, he says this, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. God promises us that while today we may dwell in darkness, tomorrow we will dwell in light. And in every situation, there is, there is a path of getting through it to a new day. And some of those paths are long and rocky and awful and, and difficult. Sometimes it's darkest before the dawn. But there is hope. I mean, you've got to have hope. You've got to believe in the hope. There is hope for tomorrow. God promises it over and over. There is hope. And it's about kind of hanging on and getting through the darkness today to experience the light of tomorrow because nothing is a permanent situation. Everything keeps moving. Uh, also, and here's, here's really the point. Here's really where we're at with all of this in answer to the question, which I could have done, which I already did a long time ago and we could have left, but I kept talking. God is with you. You are not alone. Our text from this morning, Isaiah 41, says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. You are not alone. There is not anything we are going through. There's not anything out there that we cannot get through and weather and come through without God's help. Even, even as we face death, even as we face what tomorrow brings and the uncertainties of it all, God goes with us and walks alongside us. And we are not alone. Amen? I leave with this from Deuteronomy. He says, Be strong, and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you, and He will never leave you nor forsake you. That actually isn't the one I wanted to end with, this one. Romans 8 says this, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love connects us to God indestructibly. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are connected to God's love in any circumstance. Even when God feels far off, God is right here. We are not alone. Let us pray. Loving God, You know we get scared. You know we get filled with anxiety and, and fear. and We just help us to know the truth of the reality that You are there with us. Even when we feel so alone, You are there. And Your love connects us to You and to each other. And that bond is unbreakable. May we experience it in times of sorrow and in times of joy. I ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.